everyone. Welcome to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes, where we watch Cowboy Bebop for a season. And look, I'm I'm I, I got I got nothing. Hey, hey, hey! Don't everyone. worry about it. I got nothing. Look, don't worry about it. Don't think so much. Don't think so hard about it. Um, we sure. But yeah, we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! I didn't think this was gonna be more than one season. Is the <laughs> that's the real secret? I thought this was gonna be a one season and done affair. And oops, here we are. Uh, but we watched the uh, Cowboy Bebop movie, uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door, and oh god, it's this movie good. is so good! It's so good, and they have so much fun with the animation budget in really strange places. Oh yeah, it's, it's a joy. Yeah. It's, oh my god, that one guy doing the little wiggle hand dance in the street just in the beginning, yeah. special stuff. He must yeah. have just brought a camera to New York and pointed at people, and then like rotoscoped that apparently yeah. the intro has not rotoscoped its original wow which surprises me yeah yeah especially that dude's pose because you can't draw something that uncool like <laughs> yeah. without a reference that's incredible i mean maybe it's they had amazing. some guy do it like the reference did or something but like apparently it's not rotoscoped which is weird because wow. like everybody in the intro looks different but man, yeah we'll get to that so um you want to just start i guess uh we see yeah, it. it's the movie. Uh, it's no the no episodes, just the mo- just the movie. So <laughs> hey, if you have been watching it in advance, it's the movie. Just watch the movie. <laughs> watch the movie. It's like two hours, which is longer than I remembered. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. but it probably could have been ninety minutes instead of two hours. But you know, yeah. So is life. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we see an introduction shot of a guy playing marble solitaire. If you don't know, it's that game where there's a bunch of marbles on the board and you got to jump them to clear the board off. So there's only one left. I thought it was Chinese checkers at first, but like I don't remember it. It's not. Um, right. He's playing with these little Slightly like blue, different. yeah, blue orbs. Spike is giving a voiceover saying that this guy thinks that he lived in dreams and he's always alone or whatever. We see uh, Jet waking Spike up. Um, apparently, they got to go catch bounties. Um, we cut to the first scene of the movie is kind of like them getting a bounty at a convenience store where there's a robbery in progress. Um, the guy at the cash register is saying the something effect that he used to work for the security company and they got laid off. Now he's making. You know, stealing for a living or whatever. This, this dude chews the scenery. So there's there's a theme that runs through this whole movie, and it starts here of just ennui, of just like giving up, giving in, kind of just letting it happen. Like that's like the major. I'd say that's the theme of the film. Like to the point of when they introduce Spike, it's literally Spike, get out of bed. No, <laughs> like, that is, it's also the I like, think more the, the it was Spike saying that like he doesn't care about people, but he secretly does the entire movie. But yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a lot of that. A lot of the kind of on way, whether feigned or real. But uh, it's just a thing to consider throughout this whole movie because like they do so much imagery of it in a way that's like kind of fascinating. Like, how do you play up nothing? <laughs> how do you play up saying? fuck it <laughs> like it's really interesting and they managed to do it in a lot of ways yeah so like they stop all the guys in the store from um stealing like and they get their bounties but like this entire opening shot kind of sets the tone for what the movie's going to be like in its cinematic aspect because like they do a ton of fucking uh fisheye shots crane shots slow dolly tracking shots um it's very cinematic for an animation and like you can tell like uh, ty said earlier they spent the budget on the things that matter more in the animation and so, like, there's a shot of him kicking the shit out of this guy into a coffee machine. Some dude reaching over an aisle and then Spike, like, throwing him into a donut stand. It's really good. Spike like, basically just dancing this entire time as he does kung fu. Yeah. 
and yeah spike literally putting on headphones and ignoring everyone around him uh is another thematic element that <laughs> is at the very beginning of this too like uh, he has headphones on and he's just kind of bopping around and goes in to go get the bounty. And there's a guy at the front because obviously they have a point man, you know, standing out of the door. Like, so some some cops don't break in or let him know if the cops are coming or whatever. Uh, and, you know, he's like, hey, you can't come in here. We're, we're busy. Hey, we're closed. And Spike just kind of ignores him, looks down. The guy looks down after him and like, wait, what are you looking at? And then Spike just like kicks him so hard. <laughs> it's very good. It's good, too, um, because it shows like a tilt down shot to Spike's foot yes. and then the foot coming after. Camera. perspective really really good <laughs> but yeah uh, at the end of the scene um one of the guys gets loose and grabs grandma as a hostage and like says like if you you know don't put your guns down i'm gonna blow grandma away and spike or jet puts his gun down but spike doesn't and he says something to the effect of like i don't care about grandma i'm not here to protect and serve i'm a bounty hunter <laughs> spike, you wouldn't spike fucking do once it, again making sure you get the point of the film says i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love and the so, grandma goes, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah, she gets really yeah. pissed off, which is great. <laughs> but yeah, he shoots the guy's gun out of his hands, and like some cans fall on his head. Again, great animation they didn't really need to do. Um, it starts the intro. Uh, it plays the song "Ask DNA." I gotta say, it as a side right here in a series with fantastic music. This fucking movie takes the cake. Like it this has movie some has so many music. tracks. Like. Oh. oh my god it's amazing yeah yeah so the intro is ask dna um it shows a bunch of uh grayscale shots of just people in the city li- living their lives like people bike riding people talking to cops a uh, person jogging you know it, someone looking it at the reminded camera. me like i was considering putting and i know it's not new york city it's seattle whatever but like toss salad and scrambled eggs over that <laughs> intro and seeing how it felt and i did and it felt right is what <laughs> i'll say like it had a very like it could be the opening to Frasier if Frasier was very cool. <laughs> yeah, it felt much more Western than Japanese, like in the way yes. a lot it of felt, the shots are. It felt so New York. Direct references to New York City. Yeah. Oh, as like, well, it could be it could be you doing an anime take on like some of the intros for uh, Saturday Night Live for certain <laughs> seasons, where they did a lot of like random shots around the streets yep. of like a random comedian eating a hot dog and then making a funny face. Like, <laughs> You could just say Adam Sandler. (laughs) Adam Sandler eating a hot dog and making a funny face. (laughs) Yeah, so that goes on, and then it ends with a shot of a spike coming out of grayscale. Uh, We cut to the bebop. It's landing on Mars. Uh, Jet and Spike are playing shoji, which is chess, Japanese chess. Um, Spike is not really taking it seriously. He's kind of yawning and stuff, and Jet kind of berates him. as like, you don't take this seriously. You didn't take the hostage situation seriously, blah, blah, blah. Like, when you got to, you know, get real with everything. And then Ayn jumps up on the table and makes a different move than Jeff was gonna make, than uh, Jet was gonna make, and Jet's like, "Yup, that's the one. That's the move I'm making." Jet's face when he realizes what happens is fantastic because he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna do." <laughs> okay, yeah, good and- dog, good dog. Hundred moves ahead. <laughs> But yeah, it's basically just Spike complaining that Jet is taking too long to play. And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is a tactical game played by monks to learn patience and thought. And Spike's just like, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, falls asleep over his chair. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so we cut over the Faye. Uh, she's in her red tail flying around. She gets info from Ed. Uh, she's after a bounty. Uh, apparently this hacker had used a credit card to pay a toll. And so they think he's in a truck. Uh, she's chasing a truck. There's a lot of good, uh, you know, establishing shots of the city of her following the highway and such. For the record, um, we're on Mars here in a city that is part New York, part Rabat, Morocco, and yeah, several other places. 
it's real cool. It almost has like some French uh, aspects, like of Paris later on. But yeah, yep. um, uh, it should also be you know this truck is like an eighteen wheeler chemical truck, like oil truck thing. Yeah. Uh, so the truck pulls over on top of this highway overpass. Um, she's kind of confused on why I would do this. We see a slow mo shot of this guy in a long black trench coat with black hair and a goatee. Um, Canning out of this car. This shot's real awesome because it's depth of field. It's in slow mo for him in the front, and then it's like in normal speed in the back when the truck explodes. Um, it's real cool, cool looking. Cool guy but this, walking away from explosion. Yeah, um, this guy's Vincent. We'll just say it right now. Uh, Face confused because this is not the person she was tracking. The hacker dude she was looking for was a black teenager. Um, so she's really confused about this. Uh, we see him standing after the explosion. He's standing on like the overpass and like kind of blocking his face from phase view. And there's like kind of a tattoo on his hand you can barely see. And then it does this like real cool tracking shot of him falling over the edge of the overpass and then disappearing. Like it looks down over the overpass and he's not there. And it's Faye like actually flying her ship over to like see yeah. and being really confused that he's disappeared into thin air. Yeah, so the Bebop eventually lands in the water. Um, they see a TV news report. It's very CNN talking about the explosion. 72 are dead. Here's the kind of establishing plot of the episode here. What, um, what was the? Was Mark Rather is the news yeah, reporter's name? Yeah, it was Mark Rather. They didn't want to say Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, a bunch of people are dead. Hazmat's on the scene. People are collapsing everywhere due to the smoke around it. They think it's either chemical or biohazard. Um, police haven't made a statement, and they think that the might be terrorism. Uh, Jet and Spike are watching this. Uh, Spike is complaining about instant noodles because they're, again, broke. They're always broke. Uh, Faye returns, says she didn't get the hacker, and said that uh, his truck exploded and it was real weird. And so they're like, oh, you mean this? And they show it on the news. Um, and then like, they think... Oh, look, the news. Yeah, then they like think that like she may have the virus as so they start like running away from her. It's yeah. a really great hey, shot talk... of them all backing away yeah. from Including her. Including Ayn and Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to which Faye directly yells, oh, and the dog. <laughs> like, come on, you two are. Um, but there is an incredibly loving animation of Spike opening a future cup noodle and yes. it whips ass. And I just wanted to make sure we took a second to appreciate the fucking like jet powered <laughs> cup it, noodle. It's also weird like, too because like open the camera's acting like, like gut level when they do that shot. Like it's a first person shot at gut level of the noodles on the desk and fish eye. It's he is amazing. examining that burner. I also yeah, love it's... that they put noodles in Ein's bowl and he just slurps them That's out. A great with it. shot of Ein <laughs> just going to town on some noodles. <laughs> I, I just love the future chafing dish version of cup noodles. They <laughs> fucking whip ass. You just pull a rip cord, it does a jet for a second, and just like whoosh, and then noodles, baby. Bam. You think they get like a Beyblades endorsement? <laughs> yeah, so they're starting to run away from Faye, and then the TV says something to the effect of all oh, the bounties three hundred million, which is the largest in history, and they all go googly eyed over it. You get another uh, we- they weren't paying attention until they extremely were shot. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the hospital. Um, we were introduced to these two new IISP detectives. Uh, they have names. It doesn't matter. Um, they have as you names? Walk... Yeah. They have Basically. Wiki, apparently. <laughs> um, we see them walking through this hospital. And we see the victims of the gas bombing attack thing. These people are like kind of going crazy and hallucinating in their hospital beds. Uh, we cut out to like a scientist doctor guy. He's at a loss. He doesn't know what's causing the symptoms. Maybe it's a new virus. It doesn't matter. It's interesting though because like they're talking in a hospital lobby here, but like it's again a really far back wide angle crane shot. Like when they could have done close up camera A, camera B, like any other anime would have done. Which is. And the thing I like about this too is like 
they do a little bit of future techno talk and like a little bit of you know kind of cutting corners so that things kind of make sense in a film you know sort of stuff but like at first when they're talking about like it's really weird it's not acting like a virus it's not really acting like bacteria like it's not leaving traces we can detect it's really bizarre it's like actually really good foreshadowing (laughs) which is not not something i appreciated the first time i watched this movie of just like oh damn they really do set that up pretty well they even drop like the main plot thing when he's talking like the only thing we found is that their lymphocytes were briefly raised yeah they also like the yeah, his, the their first... limbs were enlarged and then went back to normal yep. yeah after they died i didn't even catch that yeah there's another level of it damn yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah they literally like just the, say it detectives were like hey well you think it's smallpox you think it's ebola like he yep. went after the normal you know terrorist mm-hmm. sort of things too um so we're back on the bebop faye is giving the others the info she had about the hacker uh, she was going after this hacker named lee um, apparently he's been doing some shit uh, he had stolen a truck, but the guy that was in the truck and the bombing wasn't him, um, so they don't know what's going on. Uh, Jet thinks that the guy who was on the overpass is dead. Obviously, he couldn't have survived the explosion and the gas attacks, but Faye thinks, nope, he's alive, woman's intuition. Uh, it's like, fun- well, that's enough draws. for me, so he fucks off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, luckily, Ed pulls up Mario Paint and says, <laughs> hey, Faye, yes. you can draw him on Mario Paint. And Faye draws him on Mario Paint. It's a fucking and Johnny thank, Five Aces ass God. picture. <laughs> Gorgeous. It is, it is insanely Johnny Five Aces. It is hard to overstate how exactly on point calling it Johnny Five Aces is. <laughs> and then is. they fucking roast her for like a minute about yep. it. <laughs> it's fantastic. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like, a work of art. <laughs> It's great because she's like, yeah, you all need to, you know, give me some respect. I got the big hints that you need. You want to, you know, don't act like such a weirdo like I got infected. I'm the only one with the information. And she draws it and they're just like, oh, thank God we have your information. Whatever would we do <laughs> yeah, Spike, without this Johnny Five Aces ass thing? <laughs> Spike's like, if we catch the bounty, I'll pay it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if someone catches the bounty using that picture, yeah, I'll pay it myself. <laughs> yeah, so she and uh, Spike go kind of run off or walk off to go investigate. Uh, we see a montage of Spike doing his whole beat thing, um, walking around. I love Spike detective work montages. Yeah, like, it's a lot of him just interacting and talking with people. And like you said earlier, it's a combination of New York City and, like, Morocco. He just like, turns go- a corner and ends up in New Rabat, basically. Yeah. Um, we see those three old Amigo guys playing cards. This is the first time Spike's ever, like, directly interacted with them. Um, they're talking about beans, and they think he's a cop or a gangster or a syndicate person. Like, they're all the same. Haha, <laughs> it's funny. You heard about beans, you guys? And they're like, for this fucking guy. What are you, a I cop? did not remember. Ugh. I did not remember how much bean talk there was in this film. And it was killing I'm still me. Thinking I was about laughing so hard. I was thinking about those beans the whole movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have a really good talk, too, with the old, with the old guys. Because um, basically, they're like, what are you, a cop? He's like, no, no, I'm not a cop. I'm a cowboy. They're like, oh, a bounty hunter? I used to be one of those. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So we can talk then? And they're like, no, that means we extremely can't trust you. Fuck off. (laughs) Pick up the table and walk away. He's like, oh, come on. (laughs) So uh, Spike continues walking. He stops for a cigarette break. And he meets a man named Rashid. Um, He asks about the beans that can't be seen. And um, Rashid apparently has a stall where he just sells beans and starts talking about beans for like three minutes about how to find if your wife is cheating on you with beans and yeah. He met the one bean salesman in Neo Morocco. Yeah, so eventually um, Rashid asks him if he knows about the devil, and like Spike immediately knows that this guy is knows more than he's letting on. Um, Rashid asks him to follow him, and they eventually go to the like, secret clock room. Like it's a 
I don't even know how to describe this. It's like a showroom with like clocks and vases, but like they take the back doggy door in. They have a yeah. front door, but Rashid doesn't take him through it. They crawl yeah. through a vent. Yeah. He crawls through, yeah, like this weird like floor. It's like a floor level ventilation system for a very old home. Yeah. Like it's wild. Yeah, so inside there, um, Spike's asking him about, uh, you know, viruses and stuff like that. And Rashid's like, here, I got a vase. It's perfect for you. And he hands him this, like, oversized, like, three-foot-tall <laughs> vase. And it's great because, like, Spike for a second is like, wait, am I just having this hoisted on me? Is this dude just tricking me into being, bu- am I being hustled, like, real bad right now? <laughs> and he's just like, hey, wait a minute. What do you mean it's perfect for me? He's like, ah, oh, it's perfect for you is what I mean. It's, it's yours, friend. It's yours. You'll love it. And See Spike's you, just motherfucker. Like, I don't. I don't, wait, what? I don't, yeah. <laughs> like, seems... To the point that he like walks out into the street holding it and he's just like, I don't, I'm holding a jar now. <laughs> like, what do well, I do? Spike <laughs> learned the lesson from Jack and the Beanstalk and that is don't trust a bean salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he goes into the street chasing Rashid, but Rashid has been lost in the crowd. Um, and while he's in the crowd, he spots a woman in like a full burqa veil uh, walking past him. And like he does this thing where he just kind of stares straight forward, but it's obvious they've noticed each other. I really like the shot though, because it's like at shoulder level through the crowd with depth of field, and it's in slow motion as these people just like walk around, but the two of them kind of like lock eyes past each other. Yeah. It's a nice shot. Those two in perfect focus, but everyone else still pushing yeah. around them. Really like yeah. gets across how busy it is really well. And it's fun too, because after she passes him, he turns around and she's also gone. Yep. But. Um, we cut to Lee. Uh, he's being driven in a car someplace. He's playing like a Game Boy, an old school Game Boy. He's talking about how old school games are better. And he t- actually brings up Captain Crunch hacking with phone whistles. It's pretty great. Um, he <laughs> These days a- he actually got to work to be a hacker. Back then. Yeah, he was, yeah, the whole thing was like, you know, Captain Crunch broke into the telephone system with a whistle. Back then you could do anything. And now it's real hard to become famous. And like his whole deal is he wants to become a big name hacker. So like he's uh, teamed up with Vincent who is driving. He also has in the dub, like, a really bad British accent. Yes. yes. Great. It's so bad. <laughs> Oi, mate, you want to be talking about games there, Guff? <laughs> like, it's really rough. It's really fucking rough, And he y'all. keeps falling in and out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, they're driving. They eventually pull up to a dock. Um, a cop is outside. He's like, hey, you can't be here. And uh, Vincent just shoots him straight in the head. Um, so that kind of tells you all you need to know about Vincent. Yeah. The actual shot of it is like really far away. It's like three, four hundred feet away from the front of the car, and you just see a flash, and then the cop just flying backwards a foot or two onto the ground. Um, like the thing too is, is it really gets a pro- across again. Uh, Vincent does not care. <laughs> he has no regard for human life or anything, yep. and is just immediately like it's not even an interaction. Like literally, the cop just comes up and is like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And Vince is just like, "Huh?" Blap, moves on. <laughs> like that's all. Yep. And. uh Lee apparently is like so null or like numb to it at this point that he literally just like has the exact same reaction he does to losing a life in a video game to this guy getting shot in the head. <laughs> like he's just kind of like, oh, I died. Then he looks over and he's like, oh, he died. Oh, well, <laughs> and just Yo. moves on. Uh, we cut over to a drive-in movie theater where a uh, Western is being played on the uh, screen. And uh, by the way, as a fun fact, the Western was drawn by like a guest director, so it looks completely different in style and everything from the normal movie. Which It's I think got is a, a cool real touch. John Wayne motherfucker in it, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jet and Bob, if you don't remember Bob, he's the ISSP contact from in the series. Uh, they're in a car, and uh, they're kind of watching, half watching the movie, half talking about stuff. Uh, Bob brings up the ISSP, doesn't know what's going, what was in the tanker, they don't know what's going on, they're like kind of in the dark. Uh, he also gives Jet a tip on like a pharmaceutical hijacking that happened where uh, Charius Medical 
lost a transport truck, but like they haven't reported it, and it seems weird. They're keeping uh, it all hush hush for some reason, despite the fact that that was probably worth a lot of money. Yeah, Bob thinks that the two are related. Uh, Jet asks, like, why didn't the ISP go in? And like, Bob reiterates that the ISP is very corrupt and they don't care about anything anymore. Well, it's like a really good discussion too that has a great character moment for Jet because like. He specifically, Bob starts like, he's like, it's not like the old days, you know, it's corrupt from top to bottom. It's just a bunch of suits trying to get promotions, not actually worried about justice anymore. You know how it is these days. And Jet's like, it hasn't changed at all. That's exactly why I left. <laughs> like, yeah. it's a really good moment for him. Yeah. It also shows I kind of like Bob because he's, I don't know, like what his morals are inside of the ISSP, but he seems to try to just be like not making waves, despite the fact that he's helping out a bounty hunter do things. It's a job. Is, yeah. Yeah. I also liked how Kawa Bebop uh, predicted the future of cinema and social distancing. <laughs> I, I actually like this fucking drive-in movie theater because, like, there's, like, mono jets there and everything. And it's on, like, ass. A, there's spaceships and theater. shit in there, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so we cut back to Vincent. He pulls up to a warehouse. Um, there's a man there. His name is Murata. Um there's jack-o'-lanterns inside this warehouse, like big balloon jack-o'-lantern parade floats. He pulls up to the spirit Halloween warehouse where all <laughs> yeah. the spirit Halloween decor goes 11 months out of the year. So yeah, we're so to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. He brings in this big uh, briefcase, Pelican briefcase, and inside are these little plastic blue orbs that we've seen before. Um, he is telling Murata to do something with them, but he's not too specific. Uh, he starts talking about purgatory. I didn't take him as a Christian, but you know. Um, apparently some shit's got to be going down on Halloween and uh, he's like you need to get it done by then and Murata keeps asking about the other half of the money he wants uh, this scene yeah, he's is just very cool because clearly he's... just being paid to uh, do whatever Vincent wants him to do yeah um, we... and then we get to <laughs> the best thing oh my god I love it so much <laughs> they do big shots and it's the highest ep- it's the highest budget episode of big shots they've ever done it's amazing it's the big shots <laughs> telethon baby yeah, because it's the biggest bounty of all time, that $300 million. Uh, So, yeah, they start talking about it's the biggest thing ever, and we have this huge, you know, double-length show. And then it's, like, immediately obvious, we know absolutely nothing. Please call our tip hotline. You can win prizes. And the prizes are, like, <laughs> yeah, a so, like, jacket it, it, and, like, fucking tissues. Oh, my God. And then yeah, it like, cuts uh, to them, and, like, it shows that the ponies aren't real, and that they're just, They're just like, bouncing the on their knees. Yeah, it's those Halloween costumes where, like, the legs are fake, and you're the front <laughs> legs of the horse, and it's behind. Yeah. Yeah, there's like bouncing up and down in it. Yeah, and they, the part that kills me is they're like, yeah, call our uh, real hot tip line with staff with all these cowgirls. And it just cuts to like a bunch of confused looking women in cowboy outfits and <laughs> telephones. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> yeah, so we cut over to Ed. Uh, she's playing with her laptop computer thing. And uh, she's like, hey, Faye, come pick out the tattoo. And so like apparently she had like a spreadsheet of all these tattoos that look similar to the one she saw from Faye's uh, ship's footage, I guess. Um, they eventually narrowed it down to this tattoo that all these Mars Special Force attack team members have. I don't know if that's like a group thing, but... Um, yeah, it's sort like, of like, you know, Rangers squads have... Uh, that's true. The SS symbols tattoos. and everything. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. Ayn, uh, <laughs> they're scrolling through the list of these old Mars attack force members, and Ayn spots Vincent, but face like, that's not him. He's dead. See, it shows him here, right here, being dead. The dog's always dumb, right. Dumb dog. Yeah. It's like, no, no, the dog. It, it's the data <laughs> dog. It's smarter than not only every other dog, but also you. <laughs> <laughs> um, she goes to go to sleep or something, but Ed's like, oh, yeah, he used his card again. And so Faye runs off to go try to track that down. 
Uh, Spike returns to the Bebop. He has the vase. Um, Jet's telling him about Bob's pharmaceutical tips and stuff. Ed does this, like, fucking Lupin the Third nosedive right yes. into the vase. It is so Lupin, it hurts. And then uh, she finds one of the orbs. She prints it out in her mouth. It's yeah, <laughs> Which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but also the most Ed thing possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they know. Uh, we cut over to Lee. He's at an arcade playing some, like, uh, Time Crisis arcade game. Sporky Donkey. Sporky Donkey! <laughs> oh, I was about to say Sporky Donkey! <laughs> oh, not Sporky Donkey! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Faye goes up and starts flirting with him and then eventually just shoots the screen and says, you're under arrest. Uh, he immediately, he has like hacker pants that have like yes, keyboards on fucking... either side. This is the coolest move that anyone in Cowboy Bebop has ever done. He assumes so, the fucking stance has two keyboards. Got, what he's got is he's got like, so you know those like third sized keyboards they sell specifically for MMOs where it's just like a bonus shortcut key thing he just has like two of those one on each hip and yeah goes into power stance <laughs> slaps his hands to his sides and just goes you shouldn't have invoked the anger of smoky dokey and then immediately starts tap, tip tapping away like, and like all the lights go out and it's so funny oh my just god just feels like it should have been in the movie Hackers like straight <laughs> yeah. up it's, Anyway, uh, he does some hacking. Shit. The lights go out in the entire arcade, and he starts running away. There's a chase scene. Um, Faye starts shooting at him, and like she hits this like big ball thing above the escalator, and just bounces down on her like fucking Indiana Jones style. Faye is just incredulous that this nerd could possibly get away from her. Yeah, and so he runs out into the crowd and escapes, and she finds his hat, but then gets totally pissed off and like starts kicking things. Uh, back on the Bebop, they're scanning this little blue orb that uh, Ed found. Apparently, it has lymphocytes in it. Um, Ed is very like start, like Ed is very concerned. Like these are weird and twisted. She keeps calling them, and like it shows that like when you microwave them, the normal lymphocytes people have just kind of die, but these ones kind of dissolve and explode. All and sorts think, of tiny little things we can't quite see. Yeah. Um, while this is happening, there's a very ominous match cut to Vincent playing with these orbs in a dark room. Uh, we got over the spike. He's doing like recon from like a nearby building's uh, roof on this pharmaceutical company. Uh, he notes that going in and out are a bunch of um, janitorial services, so he calls it up on his phone. We cut to a woman whose name is Electra and a scientist who doesn't have a name. They're giving a report to like the CEO of the pharmacy company. The scientist is saying that the ISSP are still in the dark about it and they think it's a new virus for now and that they have some time. Um, they say that a man named Mendel was spotted in the Moroccan street but not found. And the CEO is like, we need Mandel and Vincent dead. They're the last two tie, like, loose ends. We need the wrap-up. And so... I just say, I love how this movie structures its tension where it's really satisfying how well, in retrospect, everything is really heavily foreshadowed. Oh, God, yes. But they foreshadow it just enough that, like... Even if you did want to guess it, like, it's not real. You're like, eh, I don't really need to. Like, it's fine. I'll figure it out because the style is so good that you're just along for the ride. Yep. And it just, it pays off really, really well. And, like, I think if the movie wasn't as stylish as it is and, like, the you know, the music and the aesthetics and everything about it was so cool, they might not be able to get away with it as well as they do. But, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. And this is another on. great scene where they, like, literally spell out everything <laughs> they're just yep. like yeah here's everything here's the people to pay attention to okay bye-bye and like even knowing that it's still you're just glued to it it's so good yeah there's a lot you can pick up on a second watching just because you know where it's going at that point yeah 
Uh, so we cut back to Spike. He has stolen one of these janitorial cleaning trucks. Uh, he arrives at the pharmaceutical place and lets himself in. Um, Electra's walking. This shot's really funny. So he has a brush and he's kind of like brushing a sign or something in this hallway. Electra it walks past him. It looks fake as fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. so fake. Spike, you're using a mop really wrong there. I, <laughs> I've seen people dust signs like that and they don't use mops. <laughs> yeah, like the shot's cool because it shows like it, head on Spike and like her walking past behind him from right to left. And then he just continues hitting the sign. And then there's a gun that just comes into frame from the left hand side of the screen. And, and yeah, it's great because they, they like frame it as this tension too of just Spike keeping his head down, being like, come on, don't notice me, don't notice me, don't notice me. And then just the gun just slides in and you're like, <laughs> she knows ah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so she holds him up. Um, a fight scene starts where he uses a mop, very Jackie Chan style. Um, there's a lot of like really good continuous like fluid shots, like with no editorial breaks of him just doing Kung Fu and shit. Um, during the fight scene, a couple things happen. First, Spike notices that uh, she has a tattoo on her hand. It's very similar to the one that Vincent had. Um, also, like, he says something to the effect of, if I flip a coin and it ends up heads, will you go on a date with me? And he flips the coin, but she starts punching at him before you see where the coin lands. And this comes up later, which is kind of nice, again, foreshadowing. Yep. Um, Spike, Spike loudly announcing, I love a woman who can kick my ass. is <laughs> a big mood. I mean, same, though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also during this fight scene, it's funny because like he's whistling and kind of hooting and hollering because he's having a great fucking time just punching and shit. Yeah, he's just having a blast. That's the best part. His <laughs> bike's just having a good old time. She's just getting pissed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so eventually more guards uh, notice this and start running after him. And so he needs to book it. Um, there's a nice tracking shot of um, him like jumping over this like weird, I don't know, cart that scientists have. Uh, the pushing through a hallway. Uh, eventually, he gets outside and he has to jump over a truck to get through the front gate because they like they stopped the truck that was at the gate. And like, there's a fun tracking shot of him climbing up the back of the truck, running over the roof, and then jumping over the gate. That's all in fisheye. And when he escapes, like Electra just goes, "Ah, fuck!" Turns around, and goes back in the building. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Well. Uh, we, we cut to Lee. He's in a crowd and starts finger gunning at a sign. Uh, immediately, all the uh, sign and like all computers around the world, I guess, are hacked. Um, and it has this like message with like a jack o' lantern on it, talking about like you know hidden tiny things and bone marrow and stuff. Fucking between this and earlier when he did the uh, like the stance into hacking, it just it's immediately hackers. made me think of the fucking Mega sixty four video, the hacking in progress, where he's like running around a Home Depot and just running up to computers and just typing on them really fast and being like hacked, and then just running up to other computers. Like it's the, it's that shit so hard. It's awesome. Like so good. Oh god, especially when he's like running up and down the aisles, just repeatedly typing into every laptop on the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jet and Spike are trying to figure out the riddle. Um, Faye walks into the room looking for a hat. Uh, Jet knows the riddle is something about lymphocytes um, because they're made of nanomachines, and he knows that that's bone marrow, and like he kind of figures out that the hacker knows about the weird virus thing going around. Um, Jet starts asking Spike about the pharmaceutical company, like, how was your you know, recon mission? And uh, Spike's like, yeah, they'll have all this military equipment and shit. That's real weird. They shouldn't have that. And Jet's like, well, this seems bad. If the military's involved, we're going to be in trouble here. Uh, Spike just puts on some headphones and tries to go to sleep. And Jet gets pissed off. And Faye's still looking for the hat. And this is a really, I don't know, they're all kind of really bad at each other here. You know, Jet spends most of this movie uh, not doing very much and just being very angry at everyone else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> being a- 
He's angry that everyone else isn't old like he is. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big part of his complaints. He's like, oh, I hate being the only old man on this ship. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> oh, it's leaving me. Bad yeah, work. So Faye was looking for the hat. It turns out that Ed and Ayn have the hat, and they're just kind of doing some bloodhound looking for Lee. Um, <laughs> we get a, yeah, we basically get a callback uh, to Mushroom Samba detective work. Yeah, there's a montage here with the track uh, Time to Know, which is um, very... I don't know, kind of happy-go-lucky soundtrack of guitar yep. music. And it's a lot of stuff of, um, you know, Ed walking around uh, in her weird floaty kind of walk. She moonwalks backwards to grab a hot dog. Like, also, there's... this is the fanciest hot dog truck I've ever seen. We cut to it a few times. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's some good shots here. There's They do the thing where, like, you put the camera far away and zoom in over, like, the hill of the street with, like, depth of field as she walks over the crest of the hill. Um, she pretends to go trick-or-treating at several doorstops and gets chased off with shotguns or weird cross-dressing men. Halloween's tomorrow, you dumb kid! And fires a shot. Just, like, accidentally goes up to a Yakuza guy. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. Don't don't even. <laughs> yeah, but she does eventually find Lee and calls up Faye, who's taking a shower. Uh, Faye's like, yeah, just stay there. I'll be on my way. Um, and immediately after Ed hangs up, she spots a bunch of kids and runs off. To which in the next scene, it's just Faye standing there completely fucking here furious. She's, she specifically spots the most generic group of four children at, in, on Halloween possible. Peanuts like, ass Halloween the four, costumes. Exactly. Like, it is the peanuts. Pe- peanuts. peanuts. Fuck. The peanuts. Oh, God damn it. Don't know. I'm not getting got for peanuts. The peanut, oh, man. All right. Sponsored the, by Peanuts. They... <laughs> Uh, they have wet, uh, there's, you know what? I give up. There are the four generic Halloween costumes, and uh, no one said anything wrong. No one said peep nuts. <laughs> That's, no just, one said just that. Just edit it out, folks. So no one will know. Oh wait, right. I get to edit this. I can delete peep nuts. You're not gonna. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so. Uh, Lee goes upstairs into this like kind of flop house that where Vincent's sitting there playing his marble solitaire. It's where he's been um, doing it this whole time. Yeah. Um, he they have a quick conversation. I don't remember what it's about. Vincent puts a gun on one of the marbles and shoots it. It was like and you Lee, ever prayed to God or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and so Lee kind of looks dumbfounded for a second, and then just starts coughing and convulsing, and like tries to get out through a window and breaks it. And then we see um, you know Faye noticing this, so she runs over to where it is. Um, there's an interesting shot I like here. Uh, Vincent walking away from the choking Lee with like the camera like on the floor. The, it's just like his boots up. Everything in this apartment is shot from a weird camera angle. Yeah, the apartment itself is weird. Just the layout—it's like an eye shape. Yes, you got a little entrance area. You got eye isn't the, the capital letter I. Sorry, the thin say, yeah. bits. Yeah, and you just got a one one little room for you to play solitaire is, on a couch. It is designed to be. As claustrophobic as possible while still giving all the good camera shots yes. for good Dutch angles. <laughs> That's what it is. That sounds like yeah. New York. Yeah, True. this sounds like yeah. 500 square feet, <laughs> fucking half bath for fucking 2000 a month. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Faye enters with her gun drawn. Um, there's a lot of like low and fisheye shots here. Again, kind of like putting you off ease here. Uh, she sees that Lee is dead and then immediately starts coughing no, herself. No, he shows that he he's like stumbling towards her bleeding, going, oh, I yeah, never got to meet Sporky Talky, and then he dies. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he face plants super hard into his glasses here, and it's really like yeah. fucking crunchy. 
Yeah. Like his nose breaks on the way down. Yeah. yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah, so she starts coughing, um, and it does like the low first person or the low frame rate, like first person blur shot of her, like, you know, getting drugged. And it has like a whole bunch of these weird lights going on. Yeah, like it cuts to her vision where she can see like lights start to fly around her. Yeah, and you start to see there, there's just a couple of glowy butterflies in this yeah. shot at the end of it. Yeah, so Vincent uh, teleports behind her or something. She tries to turn around and shoot him, and his hand gets shot, but like he kind of grabs her and then kisses her. Yeah, he Jeez. licks he licks his blood off his hand, off his he, shot hand. Yeah, mm. and then kisses her with it. He's, this whole scene's a bit creepy, as is yeah the one in it, the future. Yeah, yeah, it makes plot sense. Well, this one does, not the later one, but yeah, it is creepy. Yeah, um, Vincent is a creepy motherfucker. Yeah. Just full full stop. <laughs> Vincent sucks a lot. Hey, everyone. Ty Tuesday here. Vincent sucks in this movie. <laughs> like, he's supposed to be the uh, the spirit of giving up, which should tell you why he sucks right away. But then also he gets really pervy weird. <laughs> I mean, you can't pick up ladies with his facial hair. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> he looks like a pickup artist motherfucker with a trench coat uh, and everything. That is true. Yeah. I could... Uh, imagine, imagine Vincent, but with a fuzzy hat and a deck of cards. <laughs> he just like, like a peacock feather in his hair. Anyway, well, to me, uh, he looks like you know the the guys who want to be the people like the vampires in anime and end up just yeah, yeah, me. yeah. He's one of those guys. He wants to be, and everyone else is like, no, dude, no. You just look like a weirdo. You shouldn't no. have bought a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we cut over to Electra. She got a radio call saying that like one of her informants spied, spotted Vincent leaving an apartment or something someplace. We see Spike, who had been sleeping with headphones on, like perk up in his bed and run out. So, and so this is like the big reveal of all the times. Well, most of the times it seemed like Spike was just not giving a shit. Like the headphones were both symbolic and also him doing it because there's like literally a part earlier where Jet's telling him about the case. And he just puts his headphones on and just like, hey, what the fuck? I was telling you about the case, man. Come on. So, like, they were, you know, the object of him ignoring everything. And then it turns out he was actually no, he was attention. using that to listen yeah. to the case. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole time. Like he's been trying to act like he's not invested, but he's Incredibly super invested. invested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Spike has been listening to the radio stuff. There's a montage of them like tracking Vincent as he goes towards a train station. Um, while she is driving her car, she finds that coin that Spike flipped from earlier inside, uh, like her jacket pocket and just breaks it and shows Spike being angry about that. Cause uh, it was like a tracker. His GPS but, tracker goes yeah. off. Yeah. It's like, ah, shit. Yeah. So they all arrive. Sorry. I should say Vincent arrives at this monorail station with Electra ditching her car on the curbside. Um, both her and Vincent get on the train, but Spike has to like run and jump onto the roof. It also be noted, this is like a dangling monorail. This is a train. suspended monorail. Um, it's very it's New York subway, the way that like the cars are designed. But you know, it's the future, so you gotta. Epcot it looks a very bit. Disneyland <laughs> monorail. <laughs> yeah. So Spike is on the roof of this thing. He eventually kind of like shoots in a window and jumps inside uh, and confronts Vincent. There's actually a great scene there where, like, Spike goes up to the window and, like, knocks on it. And a bunch of people sitting on the chairs are like, what the fuck? And he's like, could you get away? And then he shoots in to jump into the thing. Yeah. So Pardon he confronts me. Vincent. Um, they talk about something. I don't even remember what it is. They, they start a shootout. Um, Vincent starts trying to run towards the front of the train. And uh, Spike is chasing him. Uh, eventually they get to a standoff situation in the front car. There's some really cool, like, very tight zoom shots on both of their faces as they hold cam- uh, the guns towards the camera. 
And like the one shot of showing Spike, you pan slightly to the right and see that Electra is like coming up the aisle behind him in slow motion. And then like there's a cool shot of Vincent slowly adjusting his gun to the right and then shooting at him. And the bullet passes by Spike in slow motion. And she gets shot. I, I don't know. I just really liked how that it's a it really seems good very shot. Yeah. John Woo style, like something he would do. Yeah, you also um, see like the realization on her face as she's realizing that he's turning his gun to shoot yeah, her. Yeah, and there's nothing she can do. It's real good. Um, yeah, so they continue out the shootout. Uh, there's a nice shot of Spike dodges into a seat and kind of lounges as he fires his gun. <laughs> yes, the shot of Spike there is so good. Um, eventually, they get into a fist fight. Um, he knocks Vincent down and thinks that he has won, but like Vincent was playing him and then like grabs his chest almost like Temple Ugh. of Doom style. Yeah. This is one of he the just, like, like, most visceral shots in the entire Ugh. movie, despite not really being the most violent thing. It's pretty violent. manages to... Yeah, he like... So specifically what it is, is he has like... He has an open palm and then he just like takes his fingertips and like points them forward and just jams his fingertips into Spike's stomach and like his chest a little bit and just twists basically, like grabs his guts and then twists a bit. And it's like... It's like breaking not a, a rib ton or of blood. Yeah. yeah, there was definitely yeah, some ribs but, coming out there. Yeah, and like the thing is... At first, it, like, looks pretty painful, and the thing that they really have sell it is, like, when Spike gets thrown from there, he's, like, just, like, crumpled up in a ball, like, unable to move other than just being like, oh, my God, ah! Yeah, there's a, after you throw Spike there, there's a shot of Vincent walking slowly, and it's, like, zoomed in on his hands that are just dripping blood, but his hands are in this, like, weird, like, very tight contortionist position because they were grappling. It's, Yeah. Um, so eventually he goes, he picks up Spike, he drags him to a window, uh, smashes him through the window, and then holds him out over the edge of the monorail as it's moving. The monorail, by the way, at this point is over water traveling 60 miles an hour with like a 100 foot drop. So it's not good. So we're over the East River at this point, basically. Yeah. Uh, Electra shows up. Uh, uh, she aims a gun at him. Uh, Vincent like points the gun at Spike. Electra's like, why don't you remember me or something? And then Vincent just shoots Spike in slow motion. It's very, uh, they spent a lot of time with the blood coming out of his back on the shot. And then just As drops he falls him. down into the water. Yeah. And then he turns that to her and then reveals in the his upturned palm of his hand a grenade that's ready to blow up. He is and, like, so he's, happy about this grenade. Yeah, he is grinning like a madman. And the uh, front of the train explodes. Um, the whole thing kind of derails itself for a second and stops. Um, she, it's really good because he like elevates it. Yeah, he holds in it in particular. front of him, and then he like, holds it above him. And yeah, and like the camera, the camera tracks with the grenade. Yep. So it's like he's holding it in his open palm, and as he lifts it up, the grenade stays in the same position in the shot, and like the camera lifts up with him. So it's like it, it's very bizarre. It's almost like he's lifting the camera. It's like, yeah, with like the a grenade, foreshadowed, but it looks not foreshadowed, foreshortened. Yeah, it looks really, really good. It's super cool. Yeah, so the everything explodes. Electra gets herself up from the train, and she looks around. Some of the civilians then start coughing and convulsing, like we've seen before. Uh, she starts going panicky, but then realizes that she's fine, and she's not choking. Weird. And she's confused about that. Um, we cut to, like, this weird kind of dream sequence. It's, like, a bunch of water effects overlaid with previously seen scenes from the movie. Um, we see Spike, or sorry, we see Jet kind of lean over the shot and start he's saying, like, you like, idiot, you moron, you you're got dead. yourself killed. Yeah, and then he's like, he's died just like you. He was dead from the beginning. And then Spike turns into, like, this Native American dude, and then Spike wakes up, and he is in a dumpster, 
or not like he's in a dump, but like next to him is a running bull, the uh, Native American dude we've seen in several of the episodes. And they have a quick talk about how, you know, you've almost died. What did you see? And Spike was very afraid. And he, they tell him to open the eye of truth. It's a bunch of kind of spiritual stuff. Well, like the first yeah, time ever, Spike like, was afraid. Yeah, he yeah, just, I, I felt something that was not nothing. And I did not know how to handle it. And then, yeah, he's just like, well, let me, let me just be, don't be afraid once you see the truth, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, we cut then to the next day. It plays a track called Didgeridoo, which is kind of, I like this track. It's very like reflective. It's also in like 9-8 time or something. Um, Spike is watching the sunrise over the city. Jet shows up, says like, hey, you're not dead. And he's like, Vincent disappeared. He was like, he was never there. It's kind of weird. Um, Jet's like, listen, this thing is way over our heads. We should walk away from this. But Spike fell asleep because he can fall asleep anywhere. Uh, we cut to Electra. She is getting chewed out by the CEO guy, and apparently he's restricting her to the barracks. She's off the case. Uh, Jet helps Spike back to the Bebop. Um, Ed is very happy to see them, and Ed eventually ends up hacking into the pharmaceutical records for the truck. Apparently he was carrying macadamia nuts, and there's a whole research and development wing at this pharmaceutical company for macadamia ducks, which is super weird. Turns out it, nut so guy? Just, uh, pretty, pretty ahead of the curve. He, he, here's the thing. They knew... Like everyone knows that when they found the truck after the accident, there was nothing in it. So it being full of macadamia nuts is very bizarre, given the lack of macadamia <laughs> nuts. And so yeah, they look they look farther into it, and it's really good too because like Ed's uh, hacking program, she gets blocked out like pretty early on, you know, and she's just kind of like, oh geez, and they're like, it's cool, just figure out more about this macadamia nut bullshit. Like, <laughs> let's just, let's look. This is clearly horseshit. Let's just look at this, and they find out like, ah, Doctor Mendelo who had. Is super PhD in nano hell nano machines. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, well, yeah, weird. He was working at R and D on nuts. <laughs> like, nope, he moved to beans now. Always <laughs> <laughs> nano machines. Yeah, so Mendel worked on these nano machines, and Jet puts together that like, hey, nano machines are super banned. Um, they're not allowed by anything. So if Cheris Pharmaceutical was making them, of course they would try to wrap things up by killing Vincent and everyone. To, you know, keep it on the wraps. Yeah, he like references the Geneva Convention to the quickening. He's like, yeah, there was the nano machine thing in there. That's not allowed. That got super banned. So if it was discovered, mm-hmm. that would be really bad for this company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to Faye. She is tied or roped, type, taped up something. She's tied up on the floor of the flop house where Vincent is. She's hogtied on the floor. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, she's hogtied on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So uh, Vincent's- that Vincent can give a monologue. Well, she's yeah. not dead though. Not so. dead. Bit weird, isn't that? Yeah. So she, the first thing she's like, why am I alive? How did I not die? And it's just like, I gave you some of my blood, which is, I guess the kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Could have done that better. Yeah. Um, we cut over to Electra. Like, apparently she's still allowed to walk around on the campus of the pharmaceutical place, but, uh, she talks to the scientist named Steve. She's like, Hey, can you get me these blood samples? You know, kind of looked at discreetly under the, you know, the level. Could you take my blood, please? Yeah. And Steve's like, yeah, if you go on a date with me, cause Steve's kind of a creep. And she's like, uh, second time today, buddy. But sure. All right. (laughs) Um, we see a montage of Spike looking around for Rashid again. He's back in the neighborhood doing some legwork. Um, there's a really good shot of him going into that clock store where the, uh, he got the vase earlier and he like, there's no voiceovers during the shot, but like he's talking to the shopkeep and it's obvious the shopkeep can't hear him. And so Spike is very upset. And I just like the way they do the character animation here because like they don't need dialogue to portray what's happening. 
He also is going through like the exact same, like you see basically all the scenes that he went through on the day he found Rashid, mm-hmm. but he's clearly getting more and more agitated as he fails to find him in the same yeah, way. Like it's really well shot. So eventually he stops on the stairs, these very long stairs um, to take a smoke and Rashid finds him. Uh, Spike asks him about nanomachines like you knew about it. And Rashid's like, hey, you know, a doctor came here three years ago looking to stay low and everything. And uh, they start talking about the backstory. Um, it starts cutting between Faye and Vincent and Spike and Mendelo as they both kind of recap the same backstory. So like these scenes are kind of intercut. And they're also nice too because like a lot of them are like off-center character shots. Like the characters are in a f- small fraction of the frame while they talk as if the story is not about them. Um but yeah, Mendelo, uh, Rashid slash Mendelo, he's the same person, sh- says oh. that uh, the doctor regretted everything he <laughs> made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he made machines that kill and disappear, and he was very sad about this. Um, Faye asked Vincent why he was doing this. Um, Vincent says he's trying to find the door. He keeps having this weird <coughs> dream where he doesn't know if he's awake or not, and then he wants to wake up halfway through. Uh, Mendela says that Vincent was a test subject. He has anti nanomachines on his body, and then he went crazy in AWOL and deleted the vaccine, but not the weapon, and was hoping that the you know pharmaceutical well, would do it. Yeah, specifically, what it was was the doctor, you know, Mendel or Sheed, whatever. Uh, he deleted. He tried to delete all of it, but the pharmaceutical team, like they had it on like too secure of a server, so he couldn't delete the stuff for uh, the like weapon. the. The, the weapon but he still had enough access to delete the vaccine and spike's just like why would you do that he's like well i kind of hoped it wouldn't hope they wouldn't be bad. stupid well, yeah <laughs> yeah like uh you know i was hoping they wouldn't be a company it turns out they were still in fact Whoops. a company oops <laughs> oh we expected a company to care oh <laughs> to have effort yeah. <laughs> so uh vincent says that uh, he lost his memory on titan and his past and the drug makes him see butterflies and so, like, Rashid, Rashid basically explains that the reason you see butterflies is because the nanomachines are programmed to go up to your brain and, like, basically crush it to kill wreck you. Shop, yeah, just just go wreck shop. And, so, and like, you the, see yeah, that just... at, in your vision as butter. Like, you see the nanomachines in your vision as butterflies, which is what Vincent sees, or at least used to see. Mm. Yeah, there's actually a shot here of, like, a butterfly disintegrating in front of him. There's also a quick shot of that Steve Scientist guy, like, looking through a microscope and then, like, freaking out. Um, so that's good. <laughs> uh, so Spike goes over to Rashid. He's like, thanks for the story. Also, can you give this to the doctor if you ever see him? And punches him in the gut. Yes. Uh, and then he's just sort of like, well, I probably deserve that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that Cowboy Bebop for a second is like, the guy who developed the hell disease does not get off free. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if he feels bad about it and is helping to fix it now, does still definitely get punched by Spike. <laughs> there yeah, is so... a great shot here, though, because they've been doing this whole scene on stairs. Yes, and he just yeah. sits down on the metal railing and slides yeah. out of scene yeah, here. Very nonchalantly. <laughs> He just yeah. fucking scoots. Like, after Spike punches him, he's just yep. like, yeah, that's fair. Well, see ya. <laughs> and slides away. It's really good. As Spike gets arrested. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. get arrested by the police. It's like the pharmaceutical SWAT team. Which yeah, so is like, it's some... the military like branch that's been secretly working with the pharma team. Because at this point, the military is just openly getting involved in it. So we get a match cut to Electra also getting like surrounded in the pharmaceutical um, building she's in. Uh, the CEO is talking to her. She's like, I'm going to have to put you on her last. This is where she learns that her blood has like the anti-nanomachines in it too. And she's very confused about this. 
Uh, she's like, well, if I have the uh, vaccine, why don't you make like a huge vaccine for everyone? And the CEO is like, listen, no, we can't have any more of this. We just are trying to destroy evidence. We would be in yeah, so he- much trouble if we made a vaccine to save the world here. Yeah, he's basically, yeah, that, that's the whole thing. He's just like, we don't actually care about keeping people safe. We just care about keeping our reputation safe. So uh, making a cure wouldn't help because then we also have to admit we made the disease. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, um, so she gets thrown in the jail right next to Spike, who is very nonchalant about it. Sup? Um, we cut back to Jet, who's on the bebop. He's wondering where the hell all of his crew members are. He's like, what are they to me? Why are they around? There's no camaraderie. They leave whenever they want. It's really stupid. Again, this whole movie is just Jet being left behind and being very, very angry about it. <laughs> um, in the jail, Spike uh, jokes about like, hey, I asked you for a date earlier. This is a great date. Ha ha. Um, Electra's completely terrified because they think that she's out there going to get killed or have her memory wiped. And what's um, the difference, inter- really? Yeah. Um, they actually make that reference to Vincent. It's the same way he must feel having his memory wiped. Yep. Um, this entire scene, by the way, is shot in like a dark blue color scheme. It's very down and drab on purpose. Um, she says that she didn't know about the anti-nano machines in her. And she knew that, um, like, it comes out she knew Vincent when he was younger and was kind of like a friend to him. Uh, and that's why she was surprised on the train that she he didn't recognize her. Um, Spike then asks her if she was in love. She says she doesn't know and has confused feelings on it. And they start talking about lost loves and Julia comes up. Um, there's a mere shot of like the cell wall splitting them straight down the center of the screen with their backs to each other on their sides of the wall, which is, you know, of course, not an allegory or anything. <laughs> <clears throat> we see Barata. He was the guy who was filling up those balloons in the warehouse. He notices that the cops are snooping around, so he runs off to go tell Vincent. Um, Vincent is still... Yeah, Vincent is still talking with Faye. Um, they talk about Spike for a bit, and he says he's going to kill everybody with these nanomachines. Faye asks him, like, you, you must be insane. He's like, there's no clear line between sanity and insanity. I don't know. I think genocide is probably a pretty he clear line. He starts going really philosophy 101 here. I mean, it really is only these kind of people who say shit like that. Yep. I mean, That's Vincent is clearly is, insane. Yep. Vincent is also clearly, like... Oh, he is the most would bring up, but what if it's all just a simulation, yes. man? In like class, like on day I, I one, get like big he is poser energy out of him. Yeah, but it is yeah, also just his entire character is that he actually doesn't think he's in reality. Yes, I mean that's yeah, the whole he doesn't care, and him. he doesn't care about anything. Yeah, because none of it's real to him. He's the peak of not giving a shit. Yep. It's awful. <laughs> it should be noted while he's giving his bullshit philosophy talk. Like, there's a lot of obscuring shots. Like, they'll show him in the windowsill, but there's like a giant lamp fixture, like in most of the screen, blurred out. Or, or he'll like be talking through broken glass. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of bullshit it's a lot of interesting (laughs) cinema like it's good cinematography like for sure when you wouldn't expect it like they didn't have to do this when people talk about like why this is good animation versus something else where it would just be like shoulder over shoulder shoulder over shoulder shots or whatever Mm -hmm. like it's pretty clear they're clearly having fun with this as they do it yeah i mean it could have very easily been talking head a talking head b which is most animes but um, he then turns and to Faye is like, hey, uh, you should join me after everyone else dies. It'll just be the two of us. Uh, she's like, I'll rather die than be with you, which I guess is an appropriate answer. He then like flips her over and cuts down the center of her shirt. Um, good job, Vincent. Reapy fuck. Yep. Luckily, uh, Murata shows up. He's asking for the other half of his money. Uh, Vincent just stabs him to death. 
Also, <laughs> Faye has unbelievable control over them titties. Can I just say <laughs> they do not pop out at any point? Double sided Incredible tape, work, man. girl. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, right? It's like one of those things that's just like wearing a jacket with just your shoulders and like you like reach your arm up too much and your shoulder, it falls off. And you're like, oh, no, it's incredible. Like she rolls around the room. Never. No mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, he stabs uh, Marauder to death and then tells her, he's like, I'll be at the bridge that links Earth to heaven and leaves, which is cool. You know, just leave a half naked hogtied woman here with the death virus. But <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So back in the jail cell, a pharma scientist and some guards come. It's time to wipe Electra's memory. Um, she gets up like she's about to leave, but then uh, she and Spike kind of like grab dudes through the bars and hold them hostage. And so they end up escaping. The ISSP, this scene is funny. So the ISSP, like, I guess, has some like hacker forensic guys and they trace Lee's hacking back to the water treatment plant and they like think he's going to poison the water supply. Seems, you know, fairly self, you know, obvious so they send the SWAT team over I like this scene because the two guys that are like the IT detectives they're just in like fucking sweatshirts with like Beats by Dre on yes and like they make a comment saying like yeah the municipal water system is full of security holes it's super obvious he needs (laughs) to get through this which is yeah he says like yeah it's 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 a like it was a security issue so bad you could drive a truck through it which is a thing I'm pretty sure I've heard my dad say (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they send the, they're going to send the SWAT team over, and one of the detectives is like, shouldn't we get approval on this? And he's like, no, if we try to go through all that red tape, it's going to be too late. We have to go now. And this is the only reason the ISSP does anything in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Spike and Electra are escaping from the pharmaceutical plant, but before they leave, they go over to Steve's lab to get the anim- uh, the anti nanomachine vaccine That thing he made that on the been- down low. Yeah. He made that real fast. He made Pretty a impressive. lot of it. <laughs> Real he also it shows good initiative there that he was able to realize what was happening and make the anti nano machine. Steve is kind of the hero in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Even if he did, creepy, dude. I mean, it was, it like it was, she was asking for an under the table favor, and he just decided he'd shoot his shot. I don't, blame <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of bad form to date coworkers, but anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we get a montage here of the ISSP going into the water plant. Um, there's some really cool <laughs> shots and there's also some amazingly funny shots yeah like it shows like an aerial view of like these ships landing in and it's all very commando style and then like the back end of one of these ships open up and out of it comes a <laughs> fucking like lawn buddies. tractor it's like a it's lawn a, tractor it's a ride it's, mower <laughs> all these cops and these tiny little buggies <laughs> so funny i love it and like it's these so swat good. team members are getting off these lawn tractors and doing swat team things and it's just yeah so, it feels like some shit that would be in, like, bubblegum crisis. <laughs> like, it's really <laughs> silly. <laughs> uh, so Faye works her way over to Marana's dead body and uh, steals the knife from his back and cuts her bonds. Uh, we cut over to Ed, who's asking Jet if he's waiting for a call. So Jet is sitting there on the couch, very antsy, looking at his phone on the desk. He's brutal. And, like, Ed just kind of slithers her way over. <laughs> yes. And asks if she's waiting for a call. He's like, I didn't even know they were gone. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. And, the phone rings and he immediately picks it up and starts yelling at Faye. And uh, Faye has escaped now and saying that uh, Vincent is going to, you know, do a terrorist. Extremely <laughs> big dad energy in this scene. Yeah. Uh, she fills him in about Vincent's plan and Spike and Electra show up with a whole bunch of those anti nano machine packets. They're in like Capri Sun pouches. It's, yeah. Of course. Where else yeah. would you put it? Um, we see a montage of the SWAT team doing more stuff. They find a jack-o'-lantern, like, dressed up on, like, a stand, and they think it's a bomb, so they call in the bomb squad. Um, on the bebop, they think that Vincent is hiding in a Halloween parade because that's what uh, Faye said he was dressed in as he left. 
He dressed um, up as a warlock because this man can't be extra enough. Because all he had to do to dress up as a warlock was put on a hat. <laughs> it was, he was already 99 percent of the way there. Yeah, he's just um, not very creative. No, Mr. Crowley, bam, bam, bam. Like that's this entire dude's yep. <laughs> like aesthetic. So um, Spike says that like he has an accomplice in Jack, and they figure out it's Jack O'Lantern, and that they're going to use Jack O'Lanterns to do the thing at the parade, whatever. Um, at the water plant, the IASP is dealing with the bomb thing. Uh, the army shows up, so they have even cooler jets with cooler things coming out of them. Um, and, of course, they all like show up in hazmat suits and whatnot. The uh, leader of the army comes over to the detective guy and is like, I'm in charge here. And the ISSP guy is like, no, I'm in charge here. And they do their whole like mashing faces against each other thing as they look at a TV monitor. Uh, the bomb report comes in. It's air. There's no actual bomb. And then there's a comedy relief. Yeah. Then the guy who's had allergies this entire movie sneezes again. And everyone looks at him, which is extremely relatable. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, as an aside, having going to the shopping market in this day and age, um, I just have bad sinuses in general. And so yep. like, I have to consciously not sneeze or blow my nose in the supermarket now. So it, it sucks. sucks. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I've had a uh, cough back for on the, seven years now. Yeah. Uh, back on the Bebop, Spike takes off and... While he's flying away, he tells Jet, like, listen, I'm going to need, like, 20 to 30 planes. Can you wrangle those up for me? Also, Jet's Faye, like, what I... the fuck? Yeah, and he's like, Faye, I need you to make it rain. And she's like, why? <laughs> but they start yelling at each other, and they go do that. So, like, um, this is basically Spike's plan top to bottom, which is another important part of this. That yes, yeah. Despite everything that he has said up to this point, he actually cares an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's flying over Mars, uh... Oh no, some army uh, fighter jets start following him. They shoot missiles at him. And this starts the airplane chase scene. Someone uh, really what... wanted to draw an airplane chase. And yes. it's awesome. It fucking rules. Someone wanted to draw planes in general. True. There was a planes Soon. budget for this for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he um, needed so, like yeah. A, a spacey fight. We hadn't had one yet. True. It starts up, I think my favorite track on the soundtrack is What Planet Is This? Um... There is a very long take of some fluid dogfighting things going on here. Uh, there's a really cool shot. They start flying. I don't even understand what was happening with the architecture here. So there's a Martian highway. And in this universe, Mars is a bunch of craters that are like kind of walled off with air in them where people can live normally. But outside of them, it's like the red planet Mars. It's with just no Mars. Oxygen. There are highways between these, you know, presumably. And they're domed over. But, like, for whatever reason, under this highway, it was dug out, and they put the highway on stilts in this, like, canyon? Yeah, they built and them so, in, like, the, the rivers of Mars, basically. Yeah, so, like... The canals Spike, of Mars. Spike flies under there, and, of course, the army jets follow him, and he, like, lets off some, like, flares that are really bright. And, like, there's a shot of, like, for two or three frames, this, like, army pilot panicking, and then his jet just hitting, like, the underpass stilts and just exploding in very great detail. Turns out that was a really bad idea to fly under under the, the highway. Yeah. highway. I mean, I played uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. You can I can tell you this, but <laughs> <laughs> so um, we see a montage of Jet asking at this airport, the civilian airport, for a bunch of planes, and the guy's like, "Any plane that could fly," you say. Yeah, the guy's uh, like, we... "No, nope, we're totally booked through full," and Jet's like, "Anything, anything." Yeah, uh, Faye lands her red tail at the weather control center and gets out. Um, there's extended shots of, you know, the sword fa- uh, the swordfish being chased by these jets. Um, there is probably my favorite shot of the movie. It's like a, th- I don't know, 10, 20 second 
tra tra uh, tracking shot of the back of the swordfish being chased by missiles as it dodges its way up the side of a, I don't know, wall? It's like a weather vane type thing. Yeah, there's also the like wall. a wing can shot there. Like they put a GoPro on the side of the wing. It just looks really awesome. Um, we cut back to the airport. There's a whole bunch of like World War One and Two and Korean War jets like taxiing and taking off. And Jet is completely skeptical that any of these things are going to fly. Which is fair. Um, it shows them taking off. Some of them are crashing. Um, it's the guy's also, like, great yeah, no, they is... actually came from the museum. And Jet specifically, too, he's like, wait, who the hell are the pilots? And he's like, I don't know. The only guy's old enough to understand how to fly the damn things. <laughs> and it's like the three old guys that you always see together, like, shooting the shit in the plane. He's like, I remember when we flew this in World War II. He's like, we weren't in World War II, you dumb motherfucker. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's more shots of Electra's on the highway speeding that get someplace. Spike does more dogfighting stuff. Um, the ending of the scene is Spike flies under this huge suspension bridge back in the city. Like, he shoots his plasma cannon between these two, like, tankers that are flying back. And this creates a huge wall of water which flamed out to the army jet. And, like, this whole shot is just tracking in first person as the jet flies through the water, flames out, hits the edge of this tanker, and explodes. It's really, like, well done. It's so um, good. The swordfish, though, is leaking oil or something, so he, like, crash lands it on a bridge and eventually gets out and asks for a taxi. That's also a really great shot, too, because it starts from the taxi driver's perspective. Yeah, it, like, the plane flies over land and, like, skids sideways and kind of crashes, and then he gets out and is like, taxi. <laughs> uh, Faye's in the weather control center. Uh, she just shoots the ceiling to get everyone's attention and is like, I want it to rain on my parade. And that's that scene. Uh, Vincent goes and he is getting into the parade and this is where they uh, do the parade montage um, a lot so of this is the Macy's Thanksgiving parade except for Halloween and it's great honestly it would be way better if they did it for Halloween I wish it yeah uh, give me a Halloween one please thank you yeah absolutely so many Halloween parade sounds and several Digimon uh, it's like also throwing candy is totally chill. Yeah. Everyone's fine with throwing candy during a thanks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like the Thanksgiving parade is just corporate sponsored, but with the Halloween one, you could have cool, spooky ghosts and stuff. It's yeah. So we see Vincent. He's waiting on top of Tokyo Tower. It's <laughs> Tokyo Tower. It's Tokyo Tower because every yeah. one of these movies has to end at Tokyo Tower. Yeah. Um, Spike is stuck in traffic in the taxi <laughs> because of the parade. It's like blocking traffic. So it's he very spots accurate to New York as well. Yeah, he spots Tokyo Tower. He's like, oh, that's where Vincent is. So he jumps out and the guy gets angry. He never got paid. Um, we cut over this spike. He's riding the elevator to the top. And again, it's a lot of low angle, like dark establishing shots of the tower. Um, we do, it's a Michael Bay shot. So Spike is out of the elevator, like does a 180 pan Michael Bay shot. And then like Vincent is falling from the rafters. Like it's a fucking WWE event. <laughs> yes. <And then> <laughs> It's so good. Like, he jumps, and it's like, it's almost like you could see him saying, like, I'm going to get you like a spider monkey. Like, he, like, jumps <laughs> out, and it's like, his arms are flared up. Like, it's so funny. But then he, of course, pulls out a gun, and yeah. It's a spike's <laughs> defense. Like, he shoots Vincent twice on the way down, and, like, fucking throws him behind him as he lands. I but, also love how Spike is, like, super on edge, looking around, like, where is he? Where is he? He looks up at the last second, and Vincent, <laughs> Vincent is coming down from the rafters. It's a very, it's a very, you know, vampire thing to do. True. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah that makes yeah. sense. I'm a spooky guy. This is what I do. I do spooky guy stuff. <laughs> and it's also great because after he throws Vincent, like he gets up and he's immediately in his Bruce Lee stance, ready to fucking go. Yes. 
Um, we see a uh, shot of the plane squad. So there's like 15, 20 planes flying around. They're dropping this anti-nanomachine stuff out of the sides of them or wherever. Um, the track pushing the sky comes on. Uh, Vincent and Spike start fighting. Again, very long, well-animated tracking shots of them, you know, doing kung fu. Uh, we see Electra. She's down on the street. Uh, she see, notices that the Tokyo Tower's lights flicker and apparently puts two and two together and <laughs> like, starts to run towards it. There is no other reason that that would happen. Yeah, not that it starts raining or anything in the bad electricals. I don't know. Um, Vincent Speaking eventually of which, gets... the rain makes this whole next scene incredible. Like, sells every single punch. Yeah, because when they do the punches, it does, like, the effect of the rain shockwaving off. Splattering off of them yeah. and, like, giving lines of motion to everything. Yeah, so Vincent eventually gets the upper hand and beats him down. Um, says Spike was trying to save the world. Spike's like, I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it for revenge. No, uh, Spike Vincent... is absolutely doing it to save the world. Yeah, Vincent pulls out his like detonator thing. Is like, when I push this, it's got to do it. It's got to stop everything. And Spike's like, go ahead. And I feel that like the voice actor here, uh, Steve Blum, really, uh, he did his whole Vincent thing, really. Or not Vincent, uh, Vicious channeled that pretty well. Because, I don't know, it seems like... There was a lot of malice and spite mm. in their voice when he did the line. <clears throat> so he presses the button. A whole bunch of jack-o'-lanterns along the parade route start going off and bombs going off. Because once again, a theme of this movie is Vincent will do it, is going to do it, doesn't care, is just going to do it. So like, yeah, there's no deliberation. There's no he feels the need to pass on his beliefs or whatever. It's just like, do it. And he's like, all right. And does it yep. in the end. A very uh, stark contrast to the Teddy Bomber, who had uh, very distinct ideologies about yes. life. <laughs> it's a pretty good episode to end on yeah. and then go into the movie. Or, or even just the opening of the movie, where they have the guy robbing the convenience store, like, talking this girl's ear off while he's just waving a gun around in the store. And, yeah, then you have the exact opposite in Vincent, who just does it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so the bombs go off. Uh, Spike gets back up from his little break, and they start fighting again. Um Spike starts coughing and like he, the nano machines are starting to affect him. He starts seeing like butterflies around as he's trying to fight Vincent. Um, this gives Vincent again the upper hand and he pulls a gun on Spike and is about to shoot him. Um, he asked Spike before, is like, before I kill you, did I really die on Titan? Is this really just a dream? Um, of course, Electra shows up in the nick of time, pulls the gun on Vincent and says like, hey, we should go together. And so they start, they point both of their guns at each other and then you hear a gunshot. And as she closes her eyes and fires, um, there's like a weird dolly shot here, the outside of the tower from panning from right to left as the gunshots happen. And then like it cuts back to her and she opens her eyes and she's surprised that she did not get shot. She's not dead for some reason. Yeah. Spike asks Vincent, why didn't you shoot her? And then he immediately says, oh, I remembered that I loved her. So yes, of course they were an item back then, which makes sense why she would have the nanomachine things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the shot here, though, as he dies on the ground is fun because uh, obviously it's raining pretty hard at this point. And, like, the shot is done from a crane really high up, so it looks like it's raining down on them. Like, the camera, the rain's coming from the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he starts talking about how he was searching for a door that would lead out of his world of dreams, but, like, the joke's on him. There never was a door. This is real life. Haha, I'm stupid. Um, he says that he was happy with the time with her and then ends up dying. Uh Spike looks up at the tower uh, around the signs. There was a bunch of butterflies. They're starting to disappear, which means that he has got the vaccination. Good for him. This whole shot is done really, really well because like at first the butterflies have only ever been like in perspective shots, but 
as this fight has gone on, more and more butterflies have just been showing up in like random panning shots that couldn't be from anyone's perspective. Yeah. They're like kind of like they're, taking over everything and now they finally start to disappear. Yeah, like the omniscient camera starts getting yep. the shots as opposed to the first person ones, yeah. Um, so at this, we cut to Jet and Faye. They're in their ships flying. Um, apparent, uh, Faye asks why the rain and Jet's like, well, the rain makes the vaccine spread faster, so that's good. Faye's like, hey, we should go to the tracks and Jet kind of chuckles and scolds her for not understanding not the bet on the horses. Hmm. Uh, it then plays the credits. Um, this is probably the second best track in the movie, in my opinion. It got to knock a little harder. It shows a montage of the city at night. Um, people are still watching the parade and they're getting rained on. And they're all very confused. Um, we get a lot of callbacks to a lot of minor characters in the movie. Um, the taxi driver, the running bull and his friend, the three amigo dudes. Yeah, the guy who Spike just passed his headphones off on as he was running out of a train. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, here, you take these. And the guy was just like, what? <laughs> and they, like, this character didn't need to exist other than he was the holster that Spike gave his headphones to so that Spike no longer had headphones. The but they holder. give him a callback yeah. in the credits. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's also great because during these montage shots, like you can tell it's the middle of the night. But um, as the night turns the day and dawn breaks, the uh, song actually changes from minor to major, which uh, I think it was a cool touch. Um, <laughs> you see a lot of locations from earlier in the film, like that hot dog stand, the crosswalk that Spike went across, um, the wall of t-shirts from the beginning. Uh, we see Jet on the bridge. He's looking at the shoji pieces. Um, Faye has lost a lot of money at the tracks again. Ed is fishing off the side of the bebop. The three amigos are playing cards. We see a lot of locations where like Spike met Rashid, uh, the bean stall. Love that bean stall. And so the last shot of the movie is the half-finished solitaire board that Vincent was playing with back in his slum apartment. Uh, Spike voices over to says that um, Vincent was all alone. He's like a man who lived in his dream. And then Spike wakes up on the couch and kind of reaches for a butterfly in front of him, but it's not in his hand when he looks at it. It's a really good shot, too, because it's like, you know, it goes away in front of his hand and like really sits and waits person, yeah. on his closed fist like... You kind of think to yourself, is, is it in there? And then it opens up finally and there's nothing. And mm. cut to, are you living in the real world? Yeah, the movie's real great. I kind of wish there was like a spinoff series with like Electra or something because they're never going to do any more Cowboy Bebop. But... Netflix is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I have infinite respect for the creator just for saying like they wanted they had a planned ending ending from the word go and were refused. Yes, no, like, I agree no, we are not letting this run any farther along. Like it really has kind of allowed Cowboy Bebop to stay as this kind of pristine, cool yep. little property. Never, never jump the shark. Um, I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and I wish that they I respect the that, but God, I would. Yeah, it's like I would I would love more spin-off bullshit. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> they sure. don't even have to. It doesn't have to be about any of the characters in the show. It doesn't have to be about any of like bounty hunting or anything. Like, I just love the setting, that style. the universe, yes. and the style that he does. Yeah, and that's, the universe and the style. Yeah, New there's York an anime City called on uh, Mars and that kind of. There's shit. an anime called April and Tuesday or Carol and Tuesday. That's what it was, and um, it had a, like a lot of similarities with the um, I don't know world building in terms of this stuff from Cowboy Bebop. It's too bad it wasn't very good, but <laughs> but yeah, it was made by the same people too. So that you know why it was like that. Ah, uh, that explain it. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's good. I like the movie a lot. Um, what do we 
what do we have for next week? Just so we forget to, or we don't forget to say, is it is it just till the end? Yeah, twenty three to twenty six. The last four. Oh my goodness! Damn, already. And this is where the plot drops. Damn. So yeah, all these are all be very plot, plot heavy. Yeah, it's easy to forget too that this is another thing is Cowboy Bebop, and it's a eternal like need to bounce back and forth between like haha funny times and like serious drama it, the ending does just kind of happen <laughs> i remembered cowboy andy was close to the end i forgot it was like it's the, literally last the, joke the episode. thing before the end okay. yeah all the rest of these are gonna start tying up character stories it's basically every watanabe anime just ends like this yeah so now that we've encountered the elemental of being angry and serious online and vicious, the elemental of being a yeehaw cowboy dipshit in Cowboy Andy, and the elemental of, I don't care, from fucking Vincent. Who, who's your favorite? Who, who do you, I mean, it's gotta be, it's Cowboy Andy. I mean, come on. Definitely like, Cowboy Andy. I mean, he's, he's a comedy I mean, it's Cowboy so, Andy yeah. for sure. I love that guy. Yeah, like, wowee. Vicious uh, has a live yeah, journal, though. <laughs> of, I mean, of, yes. the, of the spike i would love to see an, an like an analysis of the different spike likes in cowboy <laughs> spike across, yeah the the different elements of spike <laughs> and how they're represented if it's just as a live journal uh, does that make it so vincent has a myspace probably i think oh vincent has a myspace but he refuses to go to facebook like still like (laughs) he's that guy he's still on my no you don't understand i need the embedded music for my to express my shit (laughs) like (laughs) i think andy would have the tumblr then wouldn't he (laughs) it's just cowboy pictures (laughs) no 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 andy just has an instagram for sure just Andy has an instagram and a tiktok Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> that fool's got a TikTok for days. <laughs> so next time, the the rest of it. Cowboy Bebop. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Space anime. Next time. See ya. Bye-bye.